0: Let's go ahead and turn to our text tonight, and I want us to turn to 1 John chapter 2. There's so many other stories I could tell, but if I did, half of you may leave the church. I'm teasing, sort of. But anyway, 1 John chapter 2, uh, beginning with uh, verse 18, when you get there, say amen. If you don't have it, it should be on the sh- screen any second. But uh, it says, little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So the Antichrist is not just a system. But there is also a person that is the Antichrist. But it says even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Now notice this. It says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have Continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So notice here what John said. He said, had they been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. So in other words, had they been legit, They wouldn't have quit. And that reminds me of the great apostle of the faith, M.C. Hammer, who wrote in Hammerinthians, 1991, I am unable to quit as I am currently, too legit. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to be preaching about tonight. Too legit to quit. You see, there have been many people who started the race but didn't finish it all because they quit. They quit church. They quit The ministry. They quit praying. They quit reading the word. They quit tithing. They quit witnessing. They quit contending for the faith. They experienced some difficulty or some failure in their life and they said, well, I just can't do it. I just can't live it. So I might as well They got offended at somebody in the church or got offended at the pastor or got offended maybe at even God himself and they said, it ain't worth all of this so I'm just going to go ahead and quit. They got bogged down by the cares of the world and the struggles of life and they said, I just can't do this anymore so I might as well quit. Some, having loved this present world more than God, have said I need to go and sow my wild oats so I think I will just go ahead and quit. You see there have been many people who started the race but didn't finish it all because they quit. But I've come up in this house tonight to let you know that you're too legit to quit. You see, the devil has been speaking to some of you and talking in your ear and telling you that you just need to stop. You just need to quit. You just need to throw in the towel. You just need to tap out he's told you that you're never gonna make it he said that you're never gonna get ahead he's told you you're never gonna walk in victory he's told you that you're never gonna get a breakthrough so you might as well just go ahead now and quit but I've come in this house to let you know tonight that it is time for you to serve a personal notice to the devil and it's time that you tell him, "Uh uh-uh, devil, I ain't going nowhere because I'm too legit to quit. I'm too saved to quit. I'm too blood-washed to quit. I'm too Holy Ghost-filled to quit. I've come too far to look back. My feet have walked through the valley. I've climbed mountains and crossed rivers and desert places I've known. But I'm nearing the home shore. The redeemed are rejoicing. Heaven's angels are singing. I've come too far to look back. You see, you've come through too many battles to stop now. You've swam too many rivers to stop now. You've climbed too many mountains to stop now. You've walked through too many valleys to stop now. I'm telling you, you can't draw back now. You can't throw in the towel now. You can't cast away your confidence now because you're too legit to quit. Can somebody say amen in the house of God? You see much of the stress that people feel in life doesn't come from having too much to do but it comes from not finishing what they started. I wish I had somebody to give me an amen tonight. You see the world is full of starters but it's not full of finishers. They start this and they quit. They start that and they quit. They go to this church and they quit. They start the Bible reading program and they quit. They start the discipleship program but then they quit. They start the bus ministry but then they quit. They start in the usher ministry but then they quit. They start in the music program but then they quit. You see, starting uh, strong is good but finishing strong is epic. It's easy for people to start the race, but it ain't so easy to finish the race that they started. But I've come in here to let you know that the victor's crown only comes to the finisher. I said the victor's crown only comes to the finisher. In 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 Paul said this. He said I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course I have kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and I want you to notice what Paul said he said that the crown goes to the finisher there's a lot of people starting but not a whole lot of people finishing but the crown goes to the finisher because he said, I finished my course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown. You go to Galatians 6 and 9 in the New Living Translation, and Paul said this. He said, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So the harvest of blessing only comes to the finisher. The harvest of blessing only comes to those who don't give up. You see, everybody wants the crown. Everybody wants the harvest of blessing. But the only way that you're gonna get it is you got to be too legit to quit. And one thing I've noticed is that the urge to quit is often greatest when you are on the break uh, or on the brink of victory. The urge to quit is always greatest when you're just there close to the crown, when you're just there close to the reward, when you're close to the harvest of blessing because it seems like the devil has this sense. He don't want you blessed. He don't want you rewarded. He don't want you wearing a crown. He doesn't want you reaping a harvest of blessing because every time he sees you worshiping God and every time he sees you praising God, it just is a reminder to him to how far he has fallen from his place in the heavenlies. So he knows once you get that crown, you're going to give praise and honor and glory to God. He knows when you get that harvest of blessing, you're going to give praise and honor and glory to God. So he's going to do everything that he can and everything within his power to try to get you to quit but I've come to let you know that God still gives crowns to finishers God still gives harvests of blessings to finishers I want to know if there's anybody in this house that'll raise your hand tonight and say brother Jimmy I am too legit to quit can somebody say amen in the house of God You see, history is full of people who tasted the fruit of victory because they were too legit to quit. How many of you have ever heard of John Wesley? We got any John Wesley fans in the house? I know you got one on the front row. But I want to know, has anybody heard of John Wesley? When you mention somebody like John Wesley, you're going to think immediately everybody loved John Wesley. You're going to think John Wesley preached the paint off the walls. You're going to think people just run all around the building when John Wesley preached. You're going to think he had all kinds of altar calls when John Wesley preached because you just mentioned that name and you think immediately he's so good and he's so great and he's so fabulous and the anointing of God so great on his life that there couldn't be anybody who doesn't like John Wesley. But let me share something with you from John Wesley's Diary, Is that all right? And I'm like Paul Harvey and I'm going to go ahead and tell you the rest of the story. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Sunday a.m. May the 5th. Preached in St. Anne's. Was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m. May the 5th preached in St. John's and the deacon said, quote, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m. May the 12th, preached in St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday a.m. May 19th, preached in St. somebody else's. Deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday a.m., May 26th, preached in a meadow, chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during service. Sunday a.m., June the 2nd, preached out at the edge of town, Kicked off the highway. But Sunday p.m. June the 2nd afternoon. Preached in a pasture. And 10,000 people came out to hear me. Y'all done missed it. May 5th, St. Anne said you can't come back here no more. May 5th p.m. St. John's deacon said get out and stay out. May the 12th preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there anymore. May 19th preached at St. somebody else's, deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. On May 19th, I preached on the street and was kicked off the street. May 26th, I preached in the middle. They cut a a bull loose on me. June the 2nd, I preached at the edge of town and they kicked me off of the highway. But on June the 2nd, I preached and 10,000 people came out to hear me. What are you saying? I'm saying you're not always going to be everybody's reward. Not everybody is going to think you're cute. Not everybody is going to like what you got to say. You're not going to be everybody's reward, but I've come up here to let you know that you will be somebody's reward. You just keep on preaching. You just keep on serving. You just keep on. And John Wesley is being talked about today and he's the father of the Methodist church. Why? Because John Wesley was too legit to quit. Can somebody say amen in the house of God? You see, not everybody's gonna like you. You're not gonna be everybody's reward. Did you know his greatest heckler in his ministry would show up on horseback and heckle him as he preached. Do you know who it was? His wife. Jimmy Patello would be starting a jail ministry. And my wife come up heckling me as I was preaching. But every time he went up to preach, his wife would ride up on horseback and heckle him the entire time he was preaching. Why? Because the day he got married, he left her and went off preaching somewhere. Now, I didn't say he was the smartest tack in the box. I didn't say that because I know the day I got married, the last thing on my mind was preaching a sermon somewhere. But he got married, and the day that he got married, he left his wife at home, and he went itinerating preaching. So, you see, he had trouble at home, but he, somewhere along the way, he could, after this failure, after this rejection, I tried this, and it didn't work. I tried this, and it didn't work. I preached here, and they didn't like me. I preached there, and they didn't like me. And not only did they like not like me, they said, don't come back! So anywhere along the way, He could have said, maybe I just need to go out and get a job somewhere because maybe I just don't have it. Maybe I don't have the call of God on my life. Maybe I don't have the anointing to preach and to share the word. Maybe I just don't have it because everywhere I'm going, it seems like they're stopping me here and stopping me there and rejecting me here and rejecting me there. But had he quit anywhere there along the way, he wouldn't have had the service where 10,000 people come out to hear him preach. What are you saying? I'm saying he was too legit to quit. And because he was too legit, he received the crown because he was too legit. He got a harvest of blessing. I'm telling you, you got to keep going. You got to keep pressing. You got to keep fighting. You got to be too legit to quit. I remember my brother David going to Nashville, Tennessee with his songs and his guitar and going up there. Some of you know David, the songwriter. Well, David went up to Nashville and he began to play his songs in front of this record executive. Record executive sat there and listened to him, and he. after it was over, he looked at my brother and he said, Well, I'm sure your mama likes it. Right then, David's
1: heart sunk. Don't make me preach up in here.
0: His heart sunk at that moment. I'm sure your mama likes it. But you ain't ready, son. I'm sure your mama likes it. And so his heart sunk. And David said there was something in him that made him almost go back to building, almost go back to real estate because of the discouraging words that somebody who just did not like what he had going, didn't like what he did. But David went ahead and he was too legit to quit. I remember being, come on somebody, I remember being on the, uh, in the basement of the house where we lived and, and David looked at me he said, Jimmy let me tell you something son. He said I ain't always going to be in a basement doing something like this. He said, I'm going to pursue the ministry. I'm going to write my songs. I'm going to sing my songs. I ain't always going to be down here doing carpentry work in a basement. And so there was a fight in him. There was something in him said, I'm going to keep on going. What was it? He was just simply too legit to quit. And you know what? He went ahead and recorded an album anyway with his own money. It didn't matter whether they was backing him or not. He knew God had called him to do it. So he went ahead, took his money, and invested it and made an album. Well, to make a long story short, one day he got a phone call, and this man on the other end of the line said, Brother David, he said, "Uh, let me tell you something. He said, my baby girl absolutely loves your music. You are her favorite songwriter. Every time you go to Dallas, he said, I got to take my baby to hear you sing. And she's going to be recording her very first album. And I was just going to call and get permission that if we could go ahead and record The Middleman and 10,000 Angels Cried. And David said, Absolutely, sir. And David said, By the way, what is your name? He said, My name is Wilbur Rhymes, and my baby's name is Leanne. Leanne Rhymes and in 1996 Leanne Rhymes recorded my brother's song 10,000 Angels Cried and let me tell you what happened. It sold 7 million copies and David got 7 cents forever a copy that was sold. So you do the math, he makes a half a million dollars over a song and a gift and a talent that a record executive said he didn't have. The record executive said, maybe your mama likes it. But what he failed to understand, not only did not mama like it, but Leanne Rhymes liked it too. So I'm saying not everybody's gonna like you. Not everybody's going to think you're cute. Not everybody's going to get behind what you do. But I guarantee you somebody is going to get on board with you. You just got to be too legit to quit. Can somebody say amen in the house of God? You see, the value of courage and persistence and perseverance has rarely been illustrated more convincingly than in the life story of this particular man. He failed in business at age 22. He ran for legislature and was defeated at age 23. Again, he failed in business at age 24. He was elected to legislature at age 25. His sweetheart died at age 26. He had a nervous breakdown at age 27. At age 29, He was defeated for speaker. At age 31, he was defeated for elector. At age 34, he was defeated for Congress. At age 37, he was elected to Congress. At age 39, he was defeated for Congress. At age 46, he was defeated for senate. At age 47 he was defeated for vice president. At age 49 he was defeated for senate. But at age 51 Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States of America. One of the greatest presidents in the history of our nation. But you look at his life and he failed and failed and failed. And defeated, 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 defeated and defeated. But then he was elected. Why? Because Abraham Lincoln was too legit to quit. And he become the, one of the greatest presidents in the history of our country. Because he said, no, I'm not going to let defeat stop me. I'm not going to let failure stop me. There's something inside me that's calling me to more. There's something inside me that's calling me to greatness. There's something inside of me that's calling me to do more. And so he kept going until finally he got there. I'm saying God's got a reward for you. God's got a crown for you. God's got a harvest, a blessing for you. But you got to be too legit to quit. Come on, someone, give God a praise offering in this house. Thomas Edison, anybody ever heard of him? You wouldn't be having these lights tonight that's burning my forehead up. I don't need a tan in bed. I just come
1: up here and preach for a week. Thomas Edison said many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. My, mind. Once again, many of life's
0: failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. If my brother David
1: had said, you know, you're right. It's not in me.
0: God hadn't given me a gift to write songs. in the If he had done that, you wouldn't be singing the song, The Middleman, today. You wouldn't be turning on the radio and hearing 10,000 angels cried today. But there was something, even though there was a word that said, son, you don't have it. You don't have what it takes. There was something inside him that kept pushing and kept pressing because greatness was calling him out. Greatness was calling him to the forefront. And you've got to understand there's going to be people who tell you you can't. There's going to be people who tell you you don't have what it takes. There's going to be people who tell you, son, you don't quit your day job. There's going to be people who tell you you're a loser. Some of you had a daddy who said, son, you're a failure and you're always going to be a failure. Some of you had an ex-husband or ex-wife who told you you're a loser and you're always going to be a loser. But that's where I tell you, you need to find out what Jesus said. And Jesus never made any junk. Jesus never made a loser. Jesus made winners. He said you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you and gave himself for you. He said you're more than a conqueror. He said you're more than a conqueror. Get up. Dust yourself off. Get back in the game and become what God has called you to be. Get back in the game you going to let somebody lie to you
1: and get you off your course to where you never fulfill your destiny? There's something inside me, boy. Somebody looks at me and says, you can't.
0: Boy, you just sit back because I'm going to show you because there's some fight down in there. Some of you need to fight back. So I said some of you need to yeah. fight back. God's called, you know God's given you a destiny. You know God's given you a purpose. You feel the call and you felt the call for years. That tugging greatness calling you out. Pulling you, that tug of war calling you calling you up higher. Dragging you up higher. Pulling you up higher. But you've allowed the opinions of other people to hold you back. It's time you say, uh-uh, I don't care what everybody else is saying. I know what God is saying to me. And so I'm going to step into it and fulfill my destiny in God. Well, Brother Jimmy,
1: you know, it's been easy for other people
0: to be successful, but it hasn't been easy for me, Brother Jimmy. You know what, Brother Jimmy? I can't succeed because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I can't succeed, brother Jimmy, because I hadn't had everybody getting behind me and telling me how great I am. I can't succeed, brother Jimmy, because I've filed for bankruptcy. I can't succeed, brother Jimmy, because my right now my credit score is shot. I can't succeed, brother Jimmy, because I've already gone through a divorce. I can't succeed, brother Jimmy, because I've already done this and done that. I can't succeed. Let me share history with you. How many's ever heard of Henry Ford? His early businesses failed and left him broke five times before he founded Ford Motor Company. How many's bought something at Macy's recently? You see, that boy cost me money. I just bought two bottles of cologne for him. At Macy's. But Macy started seven failed businesses before finally hitting it big with the store in New York City. So Iikiiro Honda. Whoa, Thank you. You know, with Honda, the billion-dollar business, that is Honda. Honda's So Iikiiro Honda was turned down for a job with Toyota Motor Company. As an engineer, did you know that? Turned down, Toyota said, no, we don't want you. What did he do? He turned right around and created Honda. And some of you are driving his cars tonight. Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard and started a failed first business with Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen called Traffadata. While this early idea didn't work, Gates later, uh, his later work did creating the global empire of Microsoft. Harlan David Sanders from Kentucky perhaps better known as Colonel Sanders of Kentucky fried chicken fame had a hard time selling his chicken at first. In fact his famous secret chicken recipe was rejected 1,009 times before a restaurant accepted it. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying here tonight. Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor because he, quote, lacked imagination and had no good ideas. After that, Disney started a number of businesses that didn't last too long and ended up with bankruptcy and failure, but today we're singing M I C K E Y M O U S C. Why? Because Walt Disney was too legit to quit. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four years old, and he didn't read until he was seven, causing his teachers and his parents to think that he was mentally handicapped, slow, and antisocial. Eventually, he was expelled from school and refused admittance to the Zurich Polytechnic School. But Albert Einstein was too legit to quit. Thomas Edison in his early years teachers told Edison that he was quote too stupid to learn anything end quote work was no better as he was fired from his first two jobs for not being productive enough even as an inventor Edison made 1000 unsuccessful attempts at at inventing the light bulb but today We're turning on lights because Thomas Edison was too legit to quit. Winston Churchill, y'all have heard of him. He struggled in school and failed the sixth grade. After school, he faced many years of political failures as he was defeated in every election for public office until he finally became the prime minister at the ripe old age of 62. But he didn't quit because Winston Churchill was too legit to quit. Fred Astaire, he went for a screen test and the testing director of MGM said this. He, He said, quote, he can't act, he can't sing he's slightly bald and he can dance a little. Astaire went on to become an incredibly successful actor, singer, and dancer and kept that note in his Beverly Hills home to remind him where he come from. But he kept going because Fred Astaire was too legit to quit. Sidney Poitier was told by a casting director. He said, why don't you just stop wasting people's time and go out and become a dishwasher or something? But Portier kept on going and won an Oscar and become one of the greatest well-regarded actors in the business because Sidney Portier was too legit to quit. Lucille Ball, before starring in I Love Lucy, Ball was widely regarded as a failed actress and a B movie star. Even her drama instructors didn't feel that she could make it telling her to try another profession. But Lucille Ball kept on going. Why? Because she was too legit to quit. Steven Spielberg was rejected from the University of Southern California School of Theater, Film, and Television three times. And he eventually attended school at another location only to drop out to become a director before he finished. But he was rejected three times. But he kept going because Steven Spielberg was too legit to quit. Stephen King, he, on his iconic thriller, Carrie, it received 30 rejections finally causing him to take the manuscript and throwing it in the trash saying he's given up and he's never trying again. But his wife went over and took it out of the trash can. They submitted it and now the rest is history with him having hundreds of books published and the distinction of being one of the best selling authors of all time and why? Because Stephen King was too legit to quit. Does anybody ever remember a man by the name of Elvis Presley? Come on somebody, Elvis Presley. Y'all remember who I'm talking about. But you you just mentioned Elvis and and those women's hearts just faint. Because he's still alive. I saw him at the convenience store down there this afternoon. But Elvis Presley, Jimmy Denny, the manager of the Grand Ole Opry, fired Elvis after one performance. And this is what he said to him, and I quote, he said, You ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. End quote. But we all know Elvis Presley's name. Why? Because somewhere he was too legit to quit. The Beatles were told by a recording company. They said, quote unquote, We don't like their sound, and guitar music is on the way out. But we all have heard of the Beatles because they were too legit. To quit. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, but he went on to become one of the greatest basketball players of all time. What do you say? I'm about to preach here tonight. What are you saying? I'm saying Michael Jordan was too legit to quit. There's been everybody, you can name them one after another, one after another, who faced rejection, who faced failure, who faced bankruptcy, who faced moral failure, who went through all of these different things but went home from there to accomplish big things and great things and to do wonderful things. Why? Because they were too legit to quit. I'm telling you it's time to pick yourself up. I'm telling you it's time to get up out of the dust. I'm telling you it's time to get up out of the dirt because greatness is calling you out. Greatness is calling you up. It's time for you to make up your mind. I am too legit to quit. I'm too legit to quit.
1: You say, well, Brother Jimmy, I ain't Elvis. No, you ain't. You're not Elvis. There's somebody in you greater than the You know, Brother Jimmy, the king is dead. No, he ain't. The king of kings is alive.
0: And he's in me. He's in me. And he's calling me up. He's calling me higher. He's calling me to do more than I've ever done. He's calling me to accomplish more than what I have ever done. If God was already done with you, he would already be taking you home to glory but there's, come on somebody but the reason why you are here is because you still got a contribution to make there's something inside of you that needs to come out there's something that you need to accomplish but you gotta make up your mind despite what anybody else has said unto you that you're too legit to quit and you're gonna accomplish your purpose you're gonna accomplish the vision that God has ha- has for you despite what anybody has said about you
1: you see, you got to keep on keeping on. You see, if
0: also, if you're going to be too legit and not quit, you need to realize that you're not the only one who has ever faced
1: difficulty. Do you know that pastors are leaving the ministry at an alarming rate? You know that? Do you realize that? Why? You can't please If Jesus himself showed up pastoring a church, half of them probably wouldn't like it. You say, I don't believe that. Read the New Testament.
0: Jesus was walking on earth. Look at all the enemies. They just didn't like him. So what makes you think it'd be any different now? And Jesus said, if they hated me,
1: they're going to hate you. And you can't please this one. You can try your best. Do you understand that a pastor is simply a man? Do you understand that? He's simply a man. And they do the very best that they can.
0: I remember growing up and my dad doing the very best that he could. But there was always somebody who didn't like him. There was always somebody who fought against him. I know
1: everybody up in here absolutely adores me. I know that. But everywhere I've
0: gone, I've had people lie on me. I've had people tell all kinds of untruths on me. I remember one time being in in an executive board meeting. I was district presbyter in Kentucky. And a minister who had already told the bishop off the district bishop, and all, had already told the district secretary off, was now in this room, and now he was going to tell the district presbyter off. You just have to know there is another side to me. There is another side. And it's almost like popping the light switch. bang! And so he got in there, and now he began to tie into me and saying, oh yeah, let's talk about you. He said, I know a reliable source has said everywhere you've ever gone, you have left all kinds of debt. And everywhere, every church you've ever been to, you have left all kinds of debt. Let's talk about you and this and that. And so by then, I was already up on the edge of my seat praying for God to give me grace. Give your life to Jesus because the rest of you mine. And I said, oh, really? Is that the truth? I said, well, isn't that amazing that my banker said that I have the second highest credit score that he has ever seen? And it just happens to be Kentucky Employees Credit Union. So all of these employees from the state of Kentucky, a bank there, yet he looks at me. He looks at me and says, you have the second highest credit score of anybody we have ever seen. So now all I got to do is pick up the phone. And they say, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want that car? You just go buy that. Car? You want that house? You just go ahead and tell them you'll take the house. It doesn't matter because my credit score is so high. And I said, isn't it amazing how whoever told you that fabricated lie? Isn't it amazing that every board, uh, uh, annual business meeting I had, I had the district bishop come in to, fi- to to chair it and I gave them all of the finances. Every board meeting I had, I gave them the check register so that they could see every check because I wanted to be so precise that everything was done legitimately and decently and in order. Giving all of my annual reports to the executive committee of the district so they could look over them thoroughly before the district bishop come to, 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 uh, to uh, chair our annual business meeting. And so by the time I got through and he said, He said this, he said, I saw in your eyes the moment that you first started saying that, that it was untrue. He said, I saw in your eyes that they had lied about you. I wanted to know who said it because Jimmy Patella was going to go show up on somebody's doorstep. And I was going to knock on the door in love and find out why they lied about me. You see, I don't care who you are. Somebody has lied about you. Did you know Athanasius, the great father of the, of the of the Christian church and Christian history? Y'all know who I'm talking about, who stood up against Arius. And you look at the council of Nicaea and how he turned all of that around. But did you know that they called him Black Dwarf? Did you know they lied on him and said that he was a he committed treason? Did you know they lied on him? The people who didn't like him they lied on him and said that he committed treason, that he uh, committed murder, that he did this and did that. Did you know that he was ostracized and he was he was sent uh, uh, in in uh, to to be ostracized five different times? in the 47 years that he was Bishop of Alexandria. What are you saying? I don't care if it's Athanasius. I don't care if it's Jesus. I don't care if it's Paul the Apostle. I don't care if it's Jimmy Patella. I don't care if it's Brother Nathan. I don't care if it's Brother Skiles. I don't care if it's Joshua Pennington. I don't care who it is. There are people that's not gonna like you. There are people that's gonna fight against you. There are people that's going to say all kinds of manner against you but there's something in you that's got to rise up and say the devil is a liar. I'm going to keep on serving God. I'm going to keep on serving God. I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on pastoring because if God be for you it does not matter who is against you.
1: Paul 2nd Corinthians look there with me notice what Paul said he said are they servants of Christ he said I
0: know I sound like a madman that New Living Translation but I have served him far more I have worked
1: harder being put in prison more often being whipped Times
0: without number. Faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from mine own people, the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then beside all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the church. See, when Jimmy Patella gets down and when Jimmy Patella says, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and take my GRI. And I think I'm going to go make a million in real estate. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take my business education and my OMMBA and go because I might as well just go make money because I'm tired of the nonsense in the church. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of the criticism. I'm tired of the the, the enemy constantly. Whenever Jimmy Patella wants to get to a place where Jimmy's going to have himself a little pity party and talk about how bad Jimmy's got it, Jimmy always goes to this verse and Jimmy begins to read the things that Paul went through. Then Jimmy looks at himself in the mirror and Jimmy tells himself politely to shut up because I've never gone through this. I've never gone through the battles that Paul went through. I've never gone through the struggles that he went through. But there was something in Paul that was just, he said, I'm too legit to quit. I know I've been beaten but I'm too legit to quit. I know they've rejected me and lied on me and imprisoned me but I'm too legit to quit. I know they haven't liked me and they stoned me but I am too legit to quit. I know they've beaten me with rods and, the, and many times they put stripes on my back but I am too legit to quit. I've been imperiled among wild beasts and among false brethren and upon this one and that one. i faced dangers here and i faced dangers there but he kept on going well High because he was too legit to quit. And some of you have quit serving in the church because somebody said a little something.
1: And I hurt my feelings. Really? You mean to tell me? That you're going to let Polycarp be murdered for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're going to give up serving because somebody hurt your feelings?
0: Really? You mean Athanasius? You look at Blondina and all of these different murders of the church and all of these people who've been burned at the stake and pulled apart by horses and boiled in oil and you're going to quit
1: because of an insignificant nothing. You let somebody put, hey, I'm an evangelist, I'm going to blow in, blow up, and blow out. Put carpet in the church. Well, if it's blue, I'm through. And then the other one stands up and says, well, if it's red, you're dead. You mean that we're going to waste our
0: energy on insignificant nothing when Polycarp gave his life for the cause of the gospel. Is that what you're telling me? Are you telling me that you're going to let a color of a carpet get you out of serving God when all of the foxes' book of martyrs gave their lives for Jesus because they were too legit to quit? What are you saying? I'm telling you, it's time for you to get back up in the game. It's time for you to start serving again. It's time for you to set aside that nonsense that has crept into the church to get people off track. This little nonsense here and this little nonsense there. Don't you know that Jesus is coming back again? I said, did you know that Jesus is coming back again? Did you know that people are going to hell every day in Joplin and the surrounding areas and we're fighting over insignificant nothing.
1: And quit in church and quit serving
0: because we're wearing a chip on our shoulder and, not, and refusing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Come on, somebody. Have you been hurt in church? If you hadn't, you hadn't been in church long. and I go go to another church now you're here, you're there long enough they're going to knock that chip off there too got my feelings hurt again so I'm going to pack my bags and go to another church
0: and then you're going to get over here and they're going to knock that chip off again you see and then You're going to get to a place to where you're not going to church at all. Because you're constantly everywhere you go, the devil is making sure he's knocking that chip up off of your shoulder to try to get you to a place of inactivity. But I'm telling you, God needs your gift. God wants your gift. There was something in you, God. You're a part of the body of Christ. You can't be sitting on the sidelines any longer. You can't be all crossed up in in a bunch of nonsense anymore. Because the cause of Jesus Christ is greater. Than our little petty things that we go through. I'm reminded of the man on a deserted island. He's there for years and years and years. Finally saw a boat, a boat going by, so he sets this fire. The boat sees it and they come over there. They say, oh, Are you the only one on this island? He said, Absolutely, I'm the only one on this island. And they said, Well, why do we see three huts? And he said, well, this hut is where I live. They said, okay, that's one. What about this hut? They said, that's where I go to church. He said, okay, that's two. He said, but what's the third hut? And he said, oh, that's where I used to go to church. And he was the only one on the island. You can have interpersonal conflict or you can even have intrapersonal conflict. But the Lord Jesus Christ
1: is saying it's time to get back on track
0: because he's coming soon. And the Lord needs you in his service. Because there's too many people going to hell. And God loves people. You see, God has set governments in the church. Well, I don't agree with this decision. Well, I don't agree with that decision. Let me tell you the difference between agreement and submission. Agreement is, I agree. People confuse it. They think submission means agreement. No, 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 no. It's not submission if you agree. That's agreement. Submission means I submit even though I don't agree. So when do we not submit? If they ask us to do something that's unbiblical, unethical, or unlawful. If it's unbiblical, we don't have an obligation to submit. If it's unethical, we don't have an obligation to submit. If it's unlawful, we don't have an obligation to submit. But if they don't ask us to do something that's unbiblical, unethical, or unlawful, well, I don't agree. So I'm going to pack my bags and do something else. Here's the deal. Somebody went up to a friend of mine, Phil Reddy, and he started telling Phil off. And he said, I just call it like I see it. Phil Redding looked at him and he said, yeah, but here's the problem. You ain't the umpire. God has set government in the church. And I believe that you see the government of a plural eldership in the New Testament with one who is chief among equal, the doctrine of the set man. You see it all through scripture where God will set a man among you. Moses and the elders, Joshua and the elders, David and the elders, Peter and the elders. You see the uh, plural eldership, but there's somebody who's driving the bus. And guess what? That's what you have here. You've got a plural eldership here. We may not always agree on every detail. We may not always agree on everything, but is it unbiblical? Is it unethical? Is it unlawful? No, no, no. Then don't allow that to knock you out of where God intends for you to be because God is raising up this church whether you believe it or whether you don't. I'm not here to care. I'm here to preach the gospel and to preach the truth. God give us some preachers who, who ain't a fear, a man, or no beast who'll get up and declare the word of the Lord. Instead of all of this Mickey Mouse preaching, we've lost uh, Azusa Street and now we, 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 we've traded Azusa Street for, for uh, uh, Sesame Street. God give us some strong men and women that'll declare the word of the Lord without fear. Or favor, but just to say, thus saith the Lord. I wasn't intending on going this direction tonight,
1: but I've just flowed with the Spirit.